mighty self. Woo! Woo! That was too much there. Um, do 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 psyche self. Do 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 psyche self. Do 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 do. Hey, did you miss me, you guys? I miss you guys. Hey, hey, stop that. Fucking stop that! Shut up! Whatever! I do what I want! I do what I want! Shut up! This is my show! Do what I want! Yeah. <laughs> We're in the bucket. But we have fun. Let loose. We speak the red pill and even sometimes the black pill truth. Now, this episode might offend even my ardent supporters and friends, but as promised, I do not give a shit. You want to know why? <laughs> because I don't, stupid. Check to see if you're still subscribed and your notifications are set to on. Damn it. I mean, do it. Even if you catch a replay, do it. At least hit the like button on your way out. <laughs> so, I usually upload the playback on BitChute, Odyssey, MGTOW.TV, and the audio-only version on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, whatever thing that you probably may be seeing down there in the ticker or whatever. But uh, this show may contain coarse language in adult situations and uh, parental discretion is highly advised. In other words, you best not bring your damn kids into this. So people can say psyche. People can say soap. But can you motherfuckers say psyche soap? Damn. Oh, and again, I can't even get one at bat in this motherfucker. Okay, we can get an at bat, but can we get a hit in this motherfucker? Well, fuck it. Nobody bats a thousand. Truth hurts. Fuck it. Now, yeah, I got a cash app, dollar sign, mad cap, and no, I will not JB gun to you. Ooh. I'm here to do my damn thing. We got some articles, got a pretty good little show going on. And then after the show, um, I will be premiering one of them things, them things, them things that make you go. Bye, Psyche Soap. And they'll be on all the um, the, the new channels, the, uh, the alt channels, the backup channels. They're on the backups. Whether you're on the Odyssey, whether you're on the MGTOW.TV, whether you're on uh, BitChute. Hey, that last one, though, the part 39, was so grisly that even some of my alt text was trying to keep me from uploading that shit. I had to age restrict the shit before people got to see it. So be sure that you're logged in also so that you could take advantage of it. I know y'all some grown ass men. You know how you do. All right. Okay, so what the fuck are we on right now? Oh, some good old-fashioned MGTOW booger-nosed funk. Yeah, I see the homie. I think he's trying to do his thing. But um, what I'm reading here is something called 10 Gaslighting Phrases Narcissists Use to Manipulate You in a Relationship. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, this is my first time reading this. I just picked this up. up. Oh, shit. See? 
already, man. We ain't even got a good, you know, middle of the month in the first fucking month of the year. And I'm already getting a wag of the finger. Like, hey, no, you shut up. No, whatever. I do what I want. Being with a narcissist is an emotionally taxing and toxic experience. Several people gave examples of gaslighting phrases they endured in their relationships to serve as a warning for others. Here are the top voted, top voted now examples. Number one, you're being negative again. Here we go with you ruining my day. One explained that they were in a relationship with a narcissist. Whenever she brought up something that bothered her to, and to hold him accountable, he would reply, you're being negative again. Here we go with you ruining my day. Hey, this is for both genders. Everybody does this shit. Uh, there's, there's another style of it. You better quit blowing my buzz. Leave me alone. Oh, man, I want to hear your shit. Shut up. <laughs> okay, here's the second one. Oh, but it's perfectly okay when you do it? Wait a minute. That's not a gaslighting phrase. That's somebody catching you on your bullshit. Let me read what this says. Another explained that after her partner resorted to deliberating and maliciously attempting to hurt her, example given, silent treatment, boundary violations, blame shifting, playing devil devil's advocate, he replied, Oh, it's perfectly okay when you do it, she clarified. The it that he referred to is me saying and doing something he didn't like. The difference is I didn't say or do things to be deliberately hurtful or malicious to him. Bullshit. And then she goes on to say, instead, I often express my hurt and frustration at him for not fulfilling obligations and not respecting the relationship's boundaries. I wanted to be heard, understood, and supported. Wait a minute. What if he wanted to be heard, understood, and supported? Don't you think about that type of shit? No, you don't. Because you are actually the freaking narcissist. The one that's getting said, the, the narcissist is the one that ends up being the receiving end of an oh, but it's perfectly okay when you do it phrase. You know, it's not the narcissist that's saying it. They're saying it to the narcissist that they're saying it to. See? Let me go to this next one because it's kind of like the last one. Number three. Look at you crying and playing the victim. <laughs> yeah. So that's something that one one person would say to another narcissist. It isn't the narcissist saying this shit. You said no narcissist ever. Where'd y'all get these damn phrases? Because so far, and I'm into just the third one, I'm starting to think that someone is, you know, experiencing what I would call or has put up what I would call a an accountability blind spot. Let me read this shit. So it goes, look at you crying and playing the victim. Another volunteered. 
She elaborated that was his response after his verbal abuse and yelling that resulted in her tears. You know what? There's not much context brought to this. Where is the context? You know what I'm saying? You know? What if he was telling her to what for after she had fucked up? And then she started crying. See, and that happens more often than you'd like to think. Then you'd even care to admit. So it's usually, again, the person saying this phrase, look at you crying and playing the victim, saying this phrase to to one other narcissist. It isn't the narcissist that's saying this shit. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means, dumbass. Number four. You have a twisted way of remembering things. Yo, I've caught myself saying that one time. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, there was this chick that, you know, that that kept on just throwing up all sorts of fantastic, and not in a good way, fantastic shit that made no damn sense. You know, probably mixed a few dreams into a real experience. And is telling you this bullshit story. And so a motherfucker's got to call her on the bullshit and say, you have a twisted way of remembering things. Again, that's not making that person a narcissist by saying that. They're pointing out. They're pointing out. You're lying. That's all they're doing. And you feel intimidated as fuck that the truth came down upon you. Ownership, people, ownership. So let me read this. You have a twisted way of remembering things, shared one. Uh, no, I remember the facts, and you have a version that doesn't make you look as much of a jerk as you were, a second agreed. Same here, or you always twist my words when it was a word for word of what he legit said a second before. Okay. I'll even give you that in a situation like that. Some fellas do actually do that. However, more often than not, it's a fellow that is clear and that has a clear conscience or has a clear, you know, has a sense of clarity. And hell, even you might fuck up and catch a photographic memory type fella and he'll throw this one on you. And no, it's not, it doesn't make that person a narcissist by saying so. Y'all bandy this word about too much that it's going to lose its original meaning. Oh, man. Mm. So, here's the fifth one. I care about your feelings, but your delivery was wrong. What? That sounds like a fella that's Concern and gives a fuck about how you feel. Now, me, on the other hand, I would be totally the opposite because I don't give a shit. I know dummy. I don't give a fuck about your feelings. And your shit was all the way fucked up. But this guy was a lot more nicer. And that makes him a narcissist? Let me read on. 
One person expressed that their former partner would claim to be approachable about discussing issues in our relationship, but that my delivery was wrong every single time. Another shared, me too. No matter how well I did or worded it, it was I was still wrong. I said a word the wrong way. It, it, it did. I didn't have the right tone. I was X, Y, Z. It was exhausting and frustrating, and it beat me down. You know what? This can go equally for either gender. No matter what in the relationship. Relationship, really. So... You know, it's not a guy on girl. It's it could be anyone on anyone with this one. And that again, <laughs> excuse me. That again makes them not a nar- narcissist. That's bullshit. You guys are, you know, using buzzwords, throwing magic words to make sure the bullshit works. Brings me to number 6. I don't remember saying or doing that. So let me read what this is. I don't remember saying or doing that. Did I do that? And then it was up to me to prove that he did or whatever or or said whatever I called him out on one stated. Others agreed that this toxic behavior is standard gaslighting. Yeah, it can be gaslighting. Yeah, it can be gaslighting. But did you ever consider that that person actually didn't remember what the fuck you said or did? Could you be talking to the motherfucker while he's smoking weed? What What's really going on? Yes, this can be gaslighting. This is probably the only thing that does definitely denote gaslighting. I get that. Some can use that no matter which sex to their advantage and sabotage a person. And yeah, I, okay, you, you got one past the fucking goalie. But uh, at this point, at this point, it's five to one. <laughs> five to one. Yeah. One and five. No one here get out of life. Yeah. I'm going to get my old kicks till the shit house goes up in flames. <laughs> Seven. Threatening divorce. Now, this isn't gaslighting. And yes, this can come from narcissistic people. That's correct. So let me just read what this is. Another person explained how their ex-partner would threaten divorce if they attempted to establish a boundary or stated a need that they were unwilling to respect. They elaborated that when they didn't behave in a manner their partner expected, their ex-partner would state, I wasn't ready to be married. Oh, 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 shit. Now, as when you are seeing trouble, trouble in paradise, man. So I can understand that. Okay. You're doing great so far. Five to two. All right. Number eight. Oh, no. that That's not what I meant. So this this is what's up. Check this out. After seeing something horrible and mean and hearing me confront him about it at a later time because I was bothered by it, I would quote him, by the way, just repeating what he said or did. He would say in a very matter of fact tone, oh, no, 
That's not what I meant. As if it's my fault for misinterpreting his horrible behavior when shared. It was before I knew what gaslighting was. You still don't, but okay. Back to the story. It drove me crazy. Well, that's what you said, and that bothers me. After that, the conversation would go nowhere, and he'd never take responsibility. Now, hold up. This can also flip the other way also, you know? So no matter who in the relationship, the man, the woman, the it, the she, it, they, whatever the fuck, pronoun, get down, um, happy town. I don't give a fuck. But anyway, oh, no, that, that's not what I meant. Can be used by anyone for anything. And yes, this can be used by a narcissist. You're catching up there. Five to three article. All right. So number nine. You always do this. Yo, that usually does not come from a narcissist. And it's usually, it's usually some shit you probably did, some 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 all around bigotry and niggotry and all sorts of stupid ass partying bullshit, negativity, and all that, all just me and all that bull crap. All of that bullshit, you know? So, yeah, you always be doing all of this foolery and all this shit. No, it's because a motherfucker getting tired of your shit. I don't even need to read this shit. And I know what's going on, but we're going to do it anyway. One user shared, whenever we'd have tension, I'd ask if everything was okay. We should smooth it out if anything was wrong and get back to our usual oddball shenanigans, he replied. You always take things out of context. You always read into things. You always have problems. Um, you know, you kind of got a point, but no, no, no. That's when he caught your motherfucking ass doing some stupid shit, but the article goes on to say, they continued, until I educated myself about narcs and gaslighting, I fell for it pretty much every time. Stop making a scene. Stop telling me there are problems that we need to smooth over. Just deal with me in the good times. Brush the bad or out of the ordinary right under the rug and forget it. Um, No, this guy probably called you out on your bullshit. No, you needed to cut cut the bullshit out. No, you needed to cut the shenanigans out. And then you could get back to your usual shenanigans. But but you took the shenanigan too far nine times out of fucking ten. And then even the man called you out on your bullshit, lady. No, no. That's six to three. Okay? Like the Supreme Court. So we're going to go to the next one. Ten. Ooh, this is my favorite. You are fiending. Too emotional. Now, in today's in in current year, oh. you're being too emotional, and uh, this can come from anybody really, but it's usually again calling your motherfucking ass out. A final user shared the classic: "You're being too emotional." The last time we spoke, 
Brown Smoke spoke after the breakup. I told him whatever, whenever I tried to set boundaries, he wouldn't let me. And he said, that's insane. You're crazy. You do this to hurt me. We Okay, so let me get back to this shit. When he catches you on this, I mean, look, would you rather have this or what they used to do back in the 50s? Which one is it, lady? Because <laughs> when that man calling you out for being too emotional, you, you most times out of 10 you are. Cut the bullshit out. Seven to three, I win. You need to cut this the fuck out. Okay? Most of this shit, that means seven to three, I'd like to say 70-30. Most of this shit was a guy calling out the queen manipulator, the Kawain manipulator. Not out of, you know, not out of selfishness, not out of narcissism or anything like that. You know? And I know it's tough from you getting it, like, you know, straight from the guy. I know it's tough, but damn. Sometimes you too need to rein in your bad behavior or or incorrect behavior, inappropriate behavior, whatever you want to call that goofiness, you know? You know, so don't hit us with that new age, you know, feminism babble, you know, that don't make no sense, lady. You know, this is why the motherfucking article, if you can see this closely, and this is for the people that are watching here on the playback or in live, uh, that the thumbs up are 353, and then the uh, thumbs down is just a thousand. Because it's really motherfuckers calling you out. That's all it is. You know? My man's like, um, uh, uh, Scott Hart said, stop with the gaslighting topic. So old. And Jack James goes, Gaslighting is a colloquialism, loosely defined as making someone question their own reality. The term may also be used to describe a person who presents a false narrative to another group or person, which leads them to doubt their own sanity or perceptions and become misled, disoriented, or distressed. This was from a Wikipedia article. Why do I click on these, says Nick? Uh, Looks like the author has some relationship issues she needs to work out. Best of luck to that. Right on. And my man Ian here says, why speak after a breakup? That makes no damn sense. And then the guy, uh, 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 he he responds with, ye old backslide midnight special. It up the midnight special. That is my worst Michael McDonald impersonation ever. I know. I know. I know. Stop it. Shut up. Do what I want. <laughs> All right, let me jump into these comments. SCE in the place to be. Hey, narcissistic solipsism. That's what it is. And the next one, he says, soap don't give a fuck. Yeah. And then he goes, hold in the smoke, soap. No, I can't. In fact, I'm I'm rolling one another one while we while we're speaking, and then SCE says, "This is why codependency is flaw. It's best to focus on yourself and avoid relationships." 
S-C-E, you can never be wrong. You can never be wrong. Mm-hmm. Always on point with it. Yeah, what other goofy-ass story you got me on? Oh, man. Should we go into some good old-fashioned... Yo, this is some weird wiki show. Wiki show. I'm going to show y'all some shit right here. Bro, you probably heard of this shit. You probably just, yeah, you probably just now heard of this bullshit. This is some bullshit. Okay, but I'll bite, you know. Pigeon-toting crystal meth in tiny backpack caught in a Botsford prison yard. What the? What? Oh, no. Like, really? <laughs> when I first heard of this, I was like, no, I gotta talk about this shit on the show. For real. I gotta say something about this one. So, the article goes to say, Officers Union president says it's another example of how creative drug smugglers have become. And yeah, they do become creative in prisons. I can't lie. Mm. All right. A prison union spokesman says a pigeon carrying a miniature backpack filled with drugs was captured last week at a British Columbia correctional institution. John Randall, the Pacific Regional President of the Union of Canadian Correctional Officers, says the bird was apprehended at Pacific Institution in Abbotsford, 80 kilometers east of Vancouver. I think that's about 50 or 60 miles. I don't know. Not too good with my metric to English conversion. He says the backpack contained crystal methamphetamine. Randall says he was told by officers that the bird, the bird, 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 was spotted with its unusual cargo on December 29th in a yard at the facility. And they said, no, and they set up a trap to catch it. Uh, Mr. Devender, a, an assistant warden at Pacific Institution, confirmed that there was a recent in interception of contraband at the facility and the matter is under investigation. Randall says in recent years, prison officers have been on the lookout for drones carrying drugs. Whoa, they do that now? Damn. Whoa, that, that's crazy. But um, and other contraband, but it's the first time in his 13 years as a corrections officer he's heard of a live bird being used. He says the case is an indication of how creative criminals have become while smuggling drugs. Uh, bruh, you think? Damn. Damn. I mean, that is crazy, man. They're one of those things that make you go. Speaking of which, that'll be premiering after the show. Right on. When I decide to end this shit, when I feel good and ready. Ah. Oh, shut up. Whatever. Whatever. I do what I want. Silence. Where <laughs> I kill you? <laughs> no. So that was that was a doozy of a fucking story. Like, <laughs> I mean, sending drugs on uh, on a on a carrier pigeon. I've heard of sending messages, but damn, <laughs> sending in dope. That's crazy. 
Saving Nations Aid. Just dropping in to listen to the stream. Thanks for all your hard work. So, you know, I, 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 um, I try my best out here. Yeah, doing what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saving Nation. Yep, yep, yep. The most, most, uh, the most um, intelligent fan base are Psyche Soap fans. This is correct. Yeah, what other goofy shenanigans are out there that 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 fucks me up? Uh, oh, guess who's back? Bloom, 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 bloom. Okay, I can't really do too much of it. Uh, speaking of which, it looks like OMTG and Doctor Dre are feuding. Man, she has the whitest teeth I ever came across. Okay. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene posted a video on Twitter using the instrumental of Dr. Dre Steel DRE. She later lashed out at Dr. Dre in a statement to TMZ. She said she would never play your words of violence against women and police officers. Okay, you wouldn't play the words, but you would play that man's music. Now, on this one, I kind of had to take the side of the music. But this is when I, you know, I don't know. I take the side of Red Pill for real. You know. So, uh, Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene on Monday morning posted a video to her Twitter account showing her walking to the House floor as the instrumental of Dr. Dre Still DRE played in the background. Hours later, she was locked out of her account and engaged in an entertaining back and forth with the legendary producer and his attorney. Howard E. King, Dr. Dre's attorney, sent Green a cease and desist letter for her use of Still DRE, alleging copyright infringement. He lambasted Green in the process. One might expect that, as a member of Congress, you would have a passing familiarity with the laws of, your, of our country, King wrote. It's possible, though, that laws governing intellectual property are a little too arcane and insufficiently populist for you to really have spent much time on. We're writing because we think an actual lawmaker should be making laws, not breaking laws, especially those embodied in the Constitution by the Founding Fathers. But really, it's just code. So I'm looking at this shit here. There's the, you know, there's the uh, the cease and desist letter here that they had published on Twitter. So there's that cease and desist letter going on there. And Dr. Dre told TMZ, I don't license my music to politicians, especially someone as divisive and hateful as this one. Mm. I wonder what he thinks about uh, the current vice president and her claiming that she had listened to the Doggy Style album, which you produced, by the way, Dr. Dre. I wonder what you think about that. You know, I'm, I'm, I hold everybody's feet to the fire, man. I'm so, I got I to gotta clean up in this motherfucker. But I ain't no clean up man, if you know what I mean. Prior to receiving the letter from his attorney, Green addressed Dr. Dre in a statement to TMZ. While I appreciate the creative chord progression, 
I would never play your words of violence against women and police officers and your glorification of the thug life and drugs, she said. <laughs> but you'll play the fucking music? Really, bitch? See, as a musician myself, <coughs> excuse me, as a musician myself, I mean, I, you know, I, I see where Dre's coming from, you know, especially when it's music he made. Mm-hmm. Now, now, it'd be some shit if Marjorie Taylor Greene did like a country song or some shit and, and, and recorded it like a while back, like when she was young or some shit and Dre sampled it. That'd be some crazy shit. Then this whole situation would be flipped on its ear, pun intended. So the video was taken down by Twitter and replaced with a copyright notice while Green told TMZ her account had been locked. She was able to post an update on the ordeal Monday afternoon. And then she puts in her tweet the next episode. <laughs> Turns out Dr. Dre's team took action, reaching out to Twitter to get the video taken down. As a result, MTG tells us she's been locked out of her Twitter account for using Dre's copyrighted work without permission. MTG also has some words for her own for Dr. Dre um, in an exclusive statement to TMZ. She says, while I appreciate the, yeah, we said this shit already. And then here she is with her shit. All right. So she's doing something else here. I mean, she's not a bad looking blonde, really. You know what I'm saying? So there's that. And, um, you know, there, there's the MTG and DRE. What you brothers think? All right. Oh, the slitch malt liquor, boo. Slitch malt liquor, boo. <laughs> or, 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 or uh, what's that shit? Uh, and a kind of malt liquor. It makes you go. Makes you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So let me see here. S.E. says, as long as she plays the music, she pays the royalties. True. But Dre has, you know, as the IP holder of the very music playing. In fact, it's not like she played it with Snoop Dogg rhyming. It's the part that she played, you know, she just played the instrumental is all she did. A lot of motherfuckers play that instrumental and think you're making a grand fucking entrance. You need to get some music from me. Baba Wawa. Yeah. Rest in peace to Baba Wawa. But then again, one of the worst things she's ever did in her whole entire life was start the view. Oh. Oh, shut up. I hated that show. I never liked the show. Shut up. You've not seen nothing like the Mighty Soap. Do do do. Well, yeah, it was three basic co chords on the song. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I got to do one of my favorites. Yes, I must do the favorites. But we'll take you all to my man, Elon. 
Elon, what are you doing this time, Elon? Did you leave Twitter, Elon? Are you coming back, Elon? Who are you going to put in place of you of now that you're gone, Elon? Why are you running Tesla into the ground, Elon? What are you doing? But Elon. <laughs> hey, yeah, Elon Musk warns against a popular stimulant. What? Okay, let's see where this takes us. The billionaire influencer is not a fan of a particular pharmaceutical. Elon Musk is arguably the most influential CEO in the world today. True, true. He has earned this status by creating and running a number of innovative companies. Perhaps the best known is Tesla, the world leader in electric vehicles, which sees itself more as a purely technology company than as a car manufacturer. In addition to vehicles, Tesla also produces solar panels and above all, a humanoid robot. Hmm. That goes. Oh, okay. Tesla bot, which could be marketed this year. I have a bot. It's Waffle Bot. And he goes, love and joy come to you. And to you, your waffle too. Yeah. And um, Musk also founded SpaceX, a reusable rocket company that is reigniting the dream of bringing humans to Mars within the next few years, which isn't going to happen because the asteroid belt is a motherfucker. SpaceX also provides Starlink, which will also spy on you, a satellite-based internet service that has become a window of freedom for residents of war zones, totalitarian countries, and remote regions. The service has particularly stood out in Russia's war on Ukraine. After Russia destroyed the country's communications infrastructure, Starlink became a lifeline for the Ukrainian authorities and population at large. Musk aims to become the everything CEO. Musk, for a time, was also the richest man in the world, a title he lost at the very end of 2022 after Tesla was routed in the stock market, losing more than $600 billion in market capitalization. The techno king, as he's known at Tesla, has managed to develop a brand with legions of admirers welcoming his comments on Twitter, the social network he acquired for $44 billion at the end of October. He has more than 125.4 million followers on the microblogging platform. This charismatic and whimsical visionary is building a reputation as the CEO of everything. He does not limit his remarks to his companies or the economic sectors he's knows, he knows best. Musk dabbles in politics, geopolitics, economic and fiscal policy. No subject, as it seems, is off limits. And so that's and Elon and his mom. Mom Elon, what are you doing, Elon? Health issues are a concern for Musk. And he has once again weighed in on a mental health problem by scathingly criticizing the amphetamine Adderall. It all started with a tweet from Will Man, uh, Manitas. Yeah, Will Manitas, co-founder and chief executive of Science.io, a tech startup that digitizes and organizes the world's healthcare data to make it useful, accessible for all software engineers. Calling out endemic Adderall addiction. Insane that we're totally comfortable with endemic Adderall addiction among 30-something white-collar workers, uh, Manitas complained on Twitter 
on January 11th. This is a major problem, Musk commented. Adderall is just low-grade speed and greatly amplifies your inner a-hole. Like you once did? Don't let me find out you did it. I'm going to tell it on the mountain why I got a whole show. Okay. Pharmaceutical company Teva, which makes Adderall, declined comment to this paper that I'm reading. It's important to emphasize that Musk is neither a doctor nor a scientist, so he's not an expert on health issues. Adderall is approved to treat attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, or ADHD, which causes issues like a short attention span and or hyperactivity and impulsivity. It's a stimulant that can sometimes be prescribed off-label as an add-on drug for treatment-resistant depression. The side effects can be serious, doctors have warned. Stimulant drugs carry serious heart risk, including the risk of sudden death for children and adults with pre-existing heart conditions. This is not the first time that the billionaire has attacked the stimulant. Last April, he said he considered Adderall dangerous, and he warned people not to take it. Adderall is an anger amplifier. Avoid at all costs, he wrote on April 29th. This comment had aroused many negative responses from users and condemnations from the medical profession. For many health experts, Musk is not qualified to give such advice. Adderall has been in short supply for several months due to a sharp increase in prescriptions. About 41.4 million Adderall prescriptions were dispensed in the U.S. in 2021, up more than 10 percent from 2020, according to Akiva, a health research firm. So. Yeah, that, that, that Addy's out there, baby. Everybody fucking with it. The Adderall, if they fucking with it, they messing with it. They're doing it wrong. They're doing it wrong. But I don't mean to, you know, go on ahead and do that. Um, let's get back to the comment, jump back in here, see what they're saying. Sean Connery would backhand her in the afterlife. Oh, you talking about Barbara Wawa. Make her go. You know what I'm saying? And then. Shit, a lot of us would just look at her on the ground like Damn. Damn. backhand her and do the afterlife. All right. All right. So there's Waffle Bot. Love and joy come to you and do you your waffle too. And then there's S.E.E. Elon said that while he was the richest man in the world, he that he doesn't have nearly as much money as Vladimir Putin. I mean, because shit, the man has gold. And you're right, S.E.E., Bill Gates isn't a doctor or a scientist, but um, he, he sure had things popping for the last two years. You know what I noticed, too, and this was when I was in college. And, um, and we were studying, you know, the Microsoft platform. He had something called uh, the Microsoft Health Vault. And around 2018, he had stopped doing it, you know. And this was around the time he started talking about that, uh, the, the, the population, uh, uh, you know, the, the overcrowding thing, you know, and all of that goofy shit. But, yeah, that's him. Oh, fuck, no. All right. So um, what other articles we going on to? Um. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we can hop on back into the Capitol Hill, see what's going on. A Democrat yelled the Portuguese word for liar at George Santos after he cast his vote for Kevin McCarthy as speaker 
What a fucking piece of shit. This motherfucker right here. George Santos. Piece of crap. Boy, he's a work. That that is what I call a Republican in name only, aka Rhino. Okay. Rhino. This motherfucking this is the face of an unreal Republican. This motherfucker lied to the utmost and has got a, he, he's a representative elect. He just got on this shit. You know, he's there now. He's no longer elect. He's there now. Or is it going to be March the 20th when they get in the office officially? They're going to let this motherfucker in even after lying to get in here. Mm. And he knew it. He even admitted it. Shit. Yeah, I'm going to tell it on the mountain. Fuck all that. Someone on the Democratic side of the House chamber yelled, Mentiroso at Repelec George Santos. The word means liar in both Portuguese and Spanish. Recent reports revealed Santos fabricated vast swaths of his resume while campaigning for office. So I do that. Bro, I don't even see the inside of an interview. I don't even see the inside of an office. But this motherfucker can do it. And he's got uh, he's got a term in office? Like, what the f***? Am I doing something wrong? Anyhow, a Democrat called the representative-elect George Santos a liar in Portuguese on the floor after he cast his vote for representative-elect Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House on Tuesday. It's unclear who yelled the word mentiroso, meaning liar in Portuguese and Spanish, but the Washington Post reported came from the Democratic side of the chamber, and it was directed at Santos, who says his parents are immigrants from Brazil. I wouldn't, that lying motherfucker, I wouldn't trust you to open my doubt. McCarthy endorsed Santos on the campaign trail. Hmm, I wonder why. And Santos responded by giving a glowing endorsement of McCarthy to become the next speaker. <sighs> Bad move. But Santos' vote and endorsement weren't enough on Tuesday to propel McCarthy to a leadership role. The House voted in upwards of 11 times by now, but he's gotten it, you know. The idiot finally got it. And the House can't move forward without a speaker. And this was the first time such an event has happened in 100 years. For real. But uh, the vitriol directed at Santa, Santos on Tuesday was not wholly unexpected. Recent revelations about Santos revealed he lied about much of his biography while campaigning, including his employment history, religion, education, and place of residence. So pretty much every fucking thing. Santos previously fessed up about some of his past lies in an interview with WABC Radio. And he goes... I'm not going to make excuses for this, but a lot of people overstate in their resumes or twist a little bit, Santos said. I'm not saying I'm not guilty of that. You bet not. You should probably lose the damn position when you fucking do it. So uh, let, let's see what this shit is. Uh, who, ooh, what is this thing? Where the hell they get this, bro? Uh, 
Yeah, so uh let me see here. Um oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's what I was trying to do. So we'll just put this up, get this going, and show you what it is. Congressman George Santos is rejecting calls from fellow Republicans to resign. Santos has admitted to lying about his life story during his campaign, and he faces multiple ethics complaints. Today, we have new information about the New York GOP congressman. Caitlin Huey Burns is joining us now here in Studio 57, not from D.C. Good morning to talk a little bit more about this. Good morning, Caitlin. Good morning. It's so great to see you. And this yeah. is a story that is evolving by the minute, Holy. it seems. And one of these newest developments is that you have all... Mm. Well, GOP Congressman George Santos is rejecting calls from fellow Republicans to resign. Santos has admitted to lying about his life story. Okay. You know what it is. So the motherfucker lied. Oh, shit. Looks like my damn browser's on the blink. ...during his campaign, and he faces multiple ethics complaints. Today, we have new information about the New York GOP congressman. Caitlin Huey Burns is joining us now. Joke is an international joke, but this joke's got to go. Republican leaders in the New York County that embattled Congressman George Santos represents are urging him to resign. George Santos to me is a bunch of lies. Joe Cairo chairs the Nassau County GOP and helped to vet Santos. He made statements. We believed him. We trusted him. It was all a falsehood. But so far, Santos says he's not going anywhere. I will not. The floodgates are now open. On Wednesday, four Republican congressmen from New York called for Santos to resign, including Representative Anthony Desposito. I wanted to make it very clear that uh, that is not our brand. That's not what we stand for. Santos has already admitted he lied about his education, work history, and claims his grandparents fled the Holocaust. But he still refuses to answer how he financed his campaign. A CBS News review revealed contributions of more than $10,000 from a controversial Chinese donor and more than $18,000 from the cousin of a sanctioned Russian oligarch. You know, in America today, you're innocent until proven guilty. The GOP has a razor-thin majority in the House, and despite calls from some fellow Republicans to oust Santos, Speaker Kevin McCarthy said he still has plans to seat him on a congressional committee. He is not going to lose the lion, motherfucker. They're still going to keep him. They're still going to freaking keep him. What's up, Bob? Yeah, they're still going to keep the motherfucker. What? No, man. You you got the whole game screwed up, dude. Keep it going. It's the voters who made that decision. He has to answer to the voters, and the voters can make another decision. But Cairo says Santos no longer has a political future. Yeah, we're done with him. I feel sorry and sad for him that he has uh, lived certainly for the past few years this life of lies, totally untrue, and it's very sad and perhaps pathetic, but the people deserve more. So we obtained Santos's resume that he gave to oh, Cairo, man. who you just saw in that interview. Yeah. And is it an alt? Is it an updated resume? No, this is the the resume that he handed 
um, party leaders while he was running. And, uh, you know, it's repeating a lot of these lies. And one of the interesting things that Cairo, who you just saw in that package, told us is that Santos claimed to have been a star volleyball player oh my uh, at, at Brute College. And we, of course, know he never went there. Oh, my God. Like, every day there's something right. new. It's outrageous. Yeah. Um, so Kevin McCarthy, who is now Speaker, Santos yeah. said he would support him to be speaker. Mm -hmm. um, he says, listen, he's probably not going to serve on any you know, major committees, uh, right. but, but he, he could be on a committee. Yeah. I want to play some sound um, yeah. from uh, some, of, some of his fellow lawmakers and what they said about him. Uh, when you have your local party um, uh, saying something so vocally, that's not a helpful sign. He's been elected by his folks, and he'll have to deal with his issues with the ethics committee. I've been clear in public and that, I mean, I think there's some legitimate uh, concerns being raised about how he conducted himself during the campaign. So this situation is fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. It's quite a conundrum for the Republicans because they have a very slim majority, yeah. right, in the House. Um, and it, while there are New York Republicans that are outraged by mm -hmm. this, uh, this new information about him, you know, I don't know if we're hearing so much outrage from the actual people who voted for him. I don't know. And they are the ones that made the decision to put him there. Well, and that's what Santos said in his statement is yeah. that he doesn't respond to these party leaders back at home. He responds to the voters. We spent some time in his district yesterday and Republicans who have voted for him, they do feel duped and they feel more mm -hmm. so like this has caused a spectacle at a time. Time that they just want their lawmakers to focus on things they campaigned on, like inflation, the economy, crime. Um, so it's more so that this has become such a big deal. I mean, news crews are everywhere. I want to see that. Y'all want to see that shit? I want to see that. Tell it on the mountain, damn it. Um, trying to talk to everyone that they can. Um, but you bring up a really good point because there's such a political dynamic here to consider. In New York, you have Republicans, you know, wanting to distance themselves from this guy, and mm -hmm. it benefits them politically because, you know, they have a message that they want to put out. This is not what we're about. New York, of course, has been plagued with scandaled politicians. Right. But in Washington, it's a very different dynamic for McCarthy because Santos actually flipped a Democratic seat mm -hmm. in 2022 and essentially helped McCarthy win that majority. So in New York, the rules are if someone resigns, they have to have a special election. And this is a really competitive seat and a Democrat, you know, could stand a chance of winning. Mm -hmm. And so going that route really puts Democrat uh, puts Republicans in a situation that they could lose uh, this seat and make their majority even slimmer. When you spoke to voters in his area, was it did they talk about possibly having him removed or was it a that they just want to get down to business. Well, it's it's such an open question mm. right now because you have this kind of new dynamic where before Republicans in New York were, were kind of silent on this. They were waiting to see how this plays out. Mm. So that's something I'm curious about is whether and how these Republicans coming out yesterday from New York mm -hmm. make any difference on the voter. Um, so that's something to kind of watch out, whether that public pressure builds from his voter base, but there's still this question of how effective he can be. If right. he's not serving on top committees, you know, how effective can you be if every day you're at the Capitol being chased by reporters asking about your bio? Yeah. How can you focus on anything else? So for people who might not be up to speed, can we talk a little bit about uh, the various investigations mm -hmm. that are going on, including yeah. possible ties to a Ponzi scheme? Yeah, so this was uh, something that he um, has acknowledged a company that he worked for was later involved in a Ponzi scheme. Mm -hmm. But again, there are so many questions here. There is this question. Is it FTX? That's the question I want to know. 
question of what legal exposure he would have because you can't really be indicted for lying on your, your resume, resume right? which is what one of his arguments exactly yeah. and you've had some of his defenders say look politicians lie um which again not a great defense <laughs> I know. but in the terms of the legal exposure there are these questions about how he financed his campaign remember on his campaign finance reports he was claiming to make over seven hundred thousand dollars from this organization um so there are lots of uh, questions too about where he got some of his money ties mm. to some scenario um, frankly sketchy people mm. um so that is going <clears throat> to be kind of the the central question here and that's mm -hmm. something that we just don't know the answers to but to your point there's federal and local investigations. And also, lawmakers want him to face the Ethics Committee. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, Caitlin, I know you're going to be keeping on it. Thank you very much. See you. Yeah, y'all crazy. Yeah, fair use, motherfucker. Now, they could have did a little better on the lighting, but no, it, it's all good. It, it we, we worked with what we had. And in that news, it was like, when I got the news about this, it, there's too much fishy shit going on. I mean, the fella claims he's from Brazil. And then there's a shit. I don't know if you guys know this or not. There's a crisis going on in Brazil. Sort of like a uh, January 6th-like uh, uh, event happened there. You know? And the guy who lost the election was exiled to here in the States over in Florida, most notably. And the United States is trying to let their puppet in so they can unleash the global homo, if you know what I mean. And this, I don't know, it would be some shit if that had any connection with this George Santos thing, but that had been the most, you know, blatant, um, red-handed catches I've ever seen a politician in, in in my existence really since Marion Barry or or that Rob Ford character you know shit like that um and yeah of course you know Brandon and 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 his son Hunter and all of that bullshit but um yeah lots of corrupt things going on both parties it's the uniparty bro they don't cause the uniparty for nothing <laughs> oh yeah poster bob you always gotta run we'll at least hit the like button sir <gasps> mr mr sir all right let me see here sce say remember soap Event 201 was held on October 18th, 2019. Six weeks later, there was an outbreak in Wuhan. It's been three years now. Well, there's another thing, too, that um, nobody wants to mention also. And yeah, I'm afraid it might, be a, it, might, it might be a slap on the hand for Trump on this one. You know that, notice that Brandon is now in a, in a not just a battle or war with weapons and tanks and small arms and, and and things of that nature. Well, just before that shit started, the the thing two years three years ago, the thing. Just before that thing started, though, there was a lot of talk in the media about Trump waging a trade war with China. 
you know, kind of funny how that ended, you know? Kind of funny. Turn it on the mountain, boy. And you say that Bill Gates belongs in a boiling pot of human excrement. Oh, oh no. <laughs> what the fuck? Mm. <laughs> you know? All right. SEE say, I got to get going also. I'm expecting a phone call. So, hey, you get back here in the show. You get back here now. Hey, stop that jet. Whatever. Whatever. I do what I want. I do what I want. I got some homework for you guys. Yeah, Soap's got some homework for you guys. Now, let me get all this shit out the way. There we go. I got a math assignment for you fuckers. How you doing, new? What's up? What up, new? But look, I got a I got a homework assignment for you guys that are looking to run out of the live stream. It's math time. All right. So little John Jimmy over here, little Jimmy, he starts the day with a bushel of 12 bucks. Now, little Jimmy ends the day with a dozen fucks left in his bushel. Now, at the end of the day, how many fucks did little Jimmy give that day? Mm. No, he's very big fellow. None. You gave zero fucks, sir. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Whatever. You don't want to hear it. So there's my homework for you guys. Turn it in and put your, don't forget to put your name and date on that fucking thing, man. Let me get this shit out of here. You want to know why? Because Cookie Monster knows what this is, man. He knows, man. All right. Any other fucked up articles that may come across? Oh, hey, this might be fun. Oh, oh, this might rile up some people. Minnesota is poised to ban Christians, Muslims, and Jews from teaching in public schools. Oh, man, that looks like Minneapolis. Now, what is that guy on the left up to? Uh, like, what the hell, man? Mm, no steady big fellow. Mm-hmm. Like. <laughs> Teachers for black lives. Oh, look, look. Hey, 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 notice. Many of the people on the front lines are versions of this. Yes, this. Those that are watching the replay, those that are watching with me live, this is what runs the country right now. And I will show you, this is what it's made up of, you know? I mean, like, this observable reality. Mm. No steady big fellow. New licensing rules in Minnesota that require teachers to affirm students' transgender identities will meet immediate court challenges from civil liberties advocates. Civil liberties advocates, my foot in your ass. Minnesota will soon ban faithful Christians, Muslims, and Jews from teaching in public schools by requiring that every state-certified teacher fosters an environment that ensures student identities such as gender identity are affirmed. 
Once the new requirements clear a final procedural hurdle, they will be immediately challenged in state and possibly federal court, a civil liberties lawyer told the Federalist on Tuesday. We have lots of parents who are upset by this sort of thing in schools already. You think? <sighs> Said Doug Seaton, president of Minnesota's Upper Midwest, Midwest Law Center, in an interview. They're going to be even more upset with how their teachers are going to be licensed. Their teachers are going to have to be faced with hiding their beliefs or getting denied for a state teaching license. What the fuck? Seaton mm. said it was accurate to describe the nearly finalized regulations is communicating. Christians, Muslims, and Jews need not apply for Minnesota teaching jobs. That is unconstitutional, he said. So the UMLC plans to sue once the changes go into effect. Well, good on you, sir. Right on. The state agency that, comp that composed the changes disputed they would effectively ban religious Americans from teaching in Minnesota schools through a spokeswoman on Wednesday. The spokeswoman did not respond to a follow-up asking how Christians, Jews, and Muslims could adhere to their faith while complying with the licensing requirements that all new teachers publicly reject their faith declarations that God has created only two sexes, male and female. Now note, these are the Abrahamic faiths, all right? Whether you're in mosque, synagogue, or church, mosque, synagogues, or church, right? Um, if you are practicing an Abrahamic faith and do not accept gender identity, you are not to be teaching. Now, is this not a blatant, blatant violation of the First Amendment right off the top? You decide. Well, let's see here. Minnesota's Professional Educator Licensing and Standards Board, the PLSB, a division from, of the State Department of Indoctrination, you might as well say it, indoctrination, has been working to change teacher certification requirements since 2019. Its latest public draft, which is finalized, say, for a few tweaks that don't affect the content, includes multiple requirements that licensure candidates publicly support critical race theory and transgender ideology and include both in their teaching. Teachers must receive state licensure to be employed in Minnesota public and many private schools. All right, Minnesota, if this is not a cue to either bring your, to either teach at or bring your kids to private schools, I don't know what the hell is. It's kind of a damn shame. That's the next door neighbor to me. Now, Minnesota is pretty much St. Paul, Minneapolis, and everybody else. You know? And it's kind of strange how that urban center, that little urban center outnumbers almost everybody else in the state. 
It's kind of strange. It's a blue ass city in a red ass state. Now, it used to be where, uh, you know, uh, St. Paul was, you know, red, but even that has turned blue. Let me get back into this. The PELSB justified its changes by claiming the predominantly who at teacher workforce must be equipped to understand their own implicit bias and the unique lived experience of, of experiences of all their students is a core requirement of teaching. For this reason, the PELSB has worked closely with a wide range of stakeholders, including researchers and experts in the field of pedagogy, to ensure that anti-racism, cultural competency, and implicit bias were effectively embedded and identified throughout the scope of the proposed standards of effective practice. They are really off base on this shit. We're coddling mental illness here. And it says, standards for effective teaching. 1A in the nearly finalized regulations requires a teacher, a teacher candidate, to affirm the validity of students' backgrounds and identities. Oh, and it goes. Uh, standards of effective practice, uh, 8710.2000. Subpart one, standard one, student learning, A. The teacher understands that students bring assets for learning based on their individual experiences, abilities, talents, prior learning, and parent social group interactions, as well as language, culture, family, and community values, and approaches their work and students with this asset-based mindset, affirming the validity of students' backgrounds and identities. Fuck identity politics. To hell with this shit. Part B. The teacher understands multiple theories of identity formation and knows how to help students develop positive social identities based on their membership in multiple groups in society. That has got to be the school or the government's way of putting out this ring for you to kiss and you better get your knee, get on your knees and, 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 and denounce your God. Because this is not the church, the synagogue, or the mosque. This is the school. And we're in the school. We rule. And we can't have you here with all of your bullshit. Whatever. I don't care. I don't care if you don't like it. I don't care. I do what I want. Shut up. Uh, standard 2D requires that a licensed teacher fosters an environment that ensures student identities such as race, ethnicity, sex and gender, gender identity, sexual orientation are historically and socially contextualized, affirmed and incorporated into a learning environment where students are empowered to learn. Okay, these are high school and down. What the fuck are you doing? bringing the bedroom into the school. Well, why are you bringing your faith to the school? You teachers have been doing this shit for centuries now. 
And you think it's your Brown versus the Board of Education moment, but no, it is nothing like that. This is no victory for that bullshit. This this is that Nathan Nathaniel no 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 um this that Harrison Bergeron shit a Kurt Vonnegut story you know somebody picked up in college you know what I'm saying where you know the guy was put in a situation where he was the most talented you know but they had to handicap him all the way the hell down until they were equal and I put in quotation marks equal to the rest of the people there. Equality can go too far. And equity, all you're doing is throwing more magic words at the problem and expecting a bunny to come out of the fucking hat. Ugh. Anywho, what y'all think about that shit? You hop on into the comments. All right, all right. Six mile look say no different than most of the other fuck bags in Congress. That's true. All right. That that yeah, yeah. There go new. Okay, so what's the other shit we got up in here? Yeah, I'm gonna get that on out the way. No, speaking of equality. Yeah. Let's let's go to the uh let's go on over here to this who at house. The rules apply to everyone except Mrs. Biden. People are angry as well as they fucking should be. Damn it! Like what the? F- <laughs> While Republicans have been in the center of social media criticism over the last ten days, the first lady is feeling a bit of heat alongside her husband. Brandon, after considering a ban on gas stoves to combat harmful air pollutants. A photo of the First Lady using a gas stove has made its way around Twitter. Yep, made its way around. And you're trying to ban gas stoves, you stupid mother. Posting a photo to her own Twitter account Jill became the brunt of social media scorn, as well as she should, as a federal agency is considering a ban on gas stoves. The issue with this photo is that it's from 2020. Of course, they, hey, that ain't that long ago. Shit. Of course, that didn't stop Twitter from ripping into the Biden administration for a supposed hypocrisy. Yeah, suppose it. Uh, how much you want to bet she still got that damn gas stove? Okay. All right, so a user commented that a slogan has been that's been revolving along with the picture of Flotus. Rules for thee, not for me. <laughs> and you're correct. And someone said that Jill Biden should apologize. You know? And then this lady goes, the Biden administration, the Brandon administration, excuse me, is going to outlaw gas stoves because of climate change. And here's Jill and her gas stove. What the hell? Why the hell does she look like Rick Wright from Pink Floyd? (laughs) Mm, That was very big fellow. Okay, okay, okay. All right, we continue. What's going on? 
somebody was thinking the least President Biden can do is inform his wife that her gas stove has to go. He's not because he's a big fucking simp. Of course, he's not going to fucking do that shit. No, he's not going to do that. I mean, what what you think was going to happen? They are going to keep the damn gas stoves, whether you like it or not. Yeah. All right. So what else do I got in here? Yeah. Other shit. That's funny. Um. Hmm. Let's go to cannabis real quick. All right. Well, let's go to the weed, baby. Let's do the thing. <laughs> Shout out to True Sherm. <laughs> no, steady, big fellow. <laughs> cannabis news week. Too much of a good thing is an economic mess. I don't see how, but let's see. Call the cannabis industry a victim of its own success. Falling prices continue to hamper the burgeoning cannabis industry. Lower barriers to entry have led to more growers, and more growers have led to an overabundance of supply. In 2021, our neighbors to the north burned more than 425 million grams. That's 900, that's damn near a million pounds of pot. 20% of the unpackaged dried flour the country produced. 26? Like about 25%? Okay. Over and above the unpackaged dry plant, there are more than 40 million grams of unpackaged extracts, edibles, and topicals were also destroyed. Destroyed? Damn. The estimated cost of the product that was destroyed is in the billions. The 425 million grams destroyed is likely only a fraction of the cannabis that was grown but has no market. Tons of product remains in inventory in various formats says Stuart Maxwell, a crop consultant and founder of Elevated Elevated Botanist, he told High Times. High Times. That was one hell of a magazine before this shit got legal. And now it's legal. I thought I'd never see this shit in my lifetime, but but it's here. All right. Well, let me keep going. I've seen frozen product offered on the market that is several years old. What? Damn. Whoa. <laughs> I don't have the dam up here with me. I, I think I could bring that up here. I think that does deserve a damn shit, man. That shit was available for years. Damn. 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 All right. Okay. okay. Oversupply has hurt the industry as a buildup during the height of the pandemic had never matched demand. Can Canada produced 1.6 billion grams of cannabis in 2021 as cultivators processors and sellers sellers piled into the industry in may canadian cannabis company aurora cannabis said it would close its aurora sky facility as it looked to right size its operations more like downsize it simply put our business is bigger than what we needed and we must position ourselves to be better to better secure our path to profitability and ultimately be successful in this industry in the long term, Chief Executive Miguel Martin said in a video message to employees. Why don't you just put the shit on sale? Why don't you just put the shit on sale? All right, well, there's a little, you know, what you call it going on. Let me see what's going on here. All right, a little, little shame, shame right there. Thank you. Now to Montpelier, where a new bill could have a big impact on tobacco and the newly minted recreational marijuana market. 
The uh, proposed legislation would make it illegal to sell any tobacco or cannabis product with a single-use filter, which would include typical tobacco cigarettes and pre-rolled you now to Montpelier, where a new bill could have a big impact on tobacco and the newly minted recreational marijuana market. The uh, proposed legislation would make it illegal to sell any tobacco or cannabis product with a single-use filter. You now to Montpelier, where which would include typical right tobacco cigarettes and pre-rolled cannabis joints avail available at dispensaries. Some lawmakers say the bill is not about uh, out attempting to outlaw tobacco and cannabis, but rather about that filter. Lawmakers say it will help protect the environment from the harm those filters can cause when they're just discarded, uh, littered on the ground or wind up in rivers and lakes. Not if you have a rolled up uh, carburetor at the end, which is nothing but paper made out to be a filter and that's what i get my pre-rolls with i mean shit right now i'm talking on some headband and i'm 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 chilling man for show you see these butts in our lakes and streams and bruh you've been seeing this shit with the cigarettes over the past few fucking years it's no damn different calm down bro rivers and on the land and they don't deteriorate um lots of animals actually eat them you know oh what about the aminos they're gonna eat them well they've been eating them shits for a long ass time especially old guards old cigars and old uh cigarette marlboro butts or some of them damn camel you know the ones that you break and it turns into a menthol or whatever yeah that type of shit you know so, yeah, they've been eating on them fucking things, chewing them like bubblegum and shit. But anyway. No, and it's bad for the fish. Supporters say it's uh, another way that uh, they can help make Vermont a greener state. Well, isn't that the Green Mountain state? <laughs> Anywho. Well, that, that, that's some cannabis news. I think we got some more in this motherfucker. Let me, let me find something here. Ah, okay. So we went from Dre. We're still on cannabis, and we can't mention cannabis without mentioning Snoop Dogg. All right. So, um, from cannabis killing 100% cancer cells to Snoop Dogg microwaving his blunts, Benzinga's most read marijuana stories in 2022. So. Here goes another trying year for the cannabis industry. On the federal level, things happened. Biden's pardons and marijuana research bill, but still, advocates contend they were not enough. No safe banking act and no legalization. Y'all are still kicking this fucking can down the road. All right. These events profoundly impacted the industry in a good, bad, and frustrating way and set up the foundations for progress in 2023, but the stories that most resonated with our audience this year included personal success stories, medical breakthroughs, the moves and grooves of celebs and politicians, as well as regulatory information. Month by month, these are the most read Benzinga cannabis stories in 2022. So I'll just go over these real quick. Last January, from Christian megachurch to cannabis, the minister who divorced the pastor's daughter and started a weed company. <laughs> What? Brendan Walder and his wife Anna launched a new brand, Highest Intent, in Oklahoma City. 
The brand combines herbs, mushrooms, and cannabis into daily wellness products. And then, and there's a fascinating backstory. Brendan and Anna, originally from Dallas, Texas, met at a Christian megachurch. We had sold our lives to that church, Brendan says. If you've seen the show Righteous Gemstones, which is hilarious, then you can get an idea of the life that I was living, Brandon reminisces. I was traveling with a group called the Power Team across America, breaking bricks and baseball bats and performing various feats of strength for Christ. Hey! Hey, I remember the Power Team. I remember the Power Team, dog. Yo, those were the Christian bodybuilder cats. They came to pump you up. Okay, wrong guys, but you know what I mean. And the power team. All right, so there it was. All right, let me see here. Yeah, I did. You know what? That name Brendan is familiar. Yeah, I remember the power team, dude. What the fuck? Small world. I had clung to religion and God my whole chaotic life, but for the first time, a faint voice, my subconscious intuition, finally became loud enough to hear. It was telling me that I needed to trade this controlling and manipulative place for freedom. Brendan said, and um, I don't know, he, he chose weed over God? That, that's kind of, I don't know, man. Uh, that's kind of different. So in February... Mississippi's main power supplier refuses to provide electricity to any and all marijuana-related sites. What? 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 What the fuck? After Governor Tate Reeves, Republican, signed a bill to legalize medical marijuana in Mississippi, the Tennessee Valley Authority, a main supplier of electricity to the state's northern region, announced that since it is a federally owned utility company, it must adhere to federal drug laws. So off with the lies. How could they? In a document obtained by the Daily Journal and confirmed by the Tennessee Valley Authority, the federal agency states that given this important point, TVA will not direct any federal resources or funds to the cultivation and or distribution of marijuana. The statement was unclear if municipal companies that receive TVA power can serve electricity to legal cannabis facilities. What in the fuck is up with you reefer madness raised Republicans? What the f what the hell, man? Calm down. Here, man, smoke this shit, dude. You tripping. <laughs> you are having sobriety issues, man. March. And we remember this one, bruh. And it just came to an end not that long ago. Russia releases ch a chilling photo of WNBA player Brittany Griner to ponder on Women's Day. Oh, my God. Fuck out of here. Next. April. Cannabis and pancreatic cancer. Hmm. Interesting. Botanical drug kills 100% of cancer cells. Research on the cell model reveals. Cannabotech, which is involved in the development of a botanical drug based on an extract of the Cianthus striatus fungus and a cannabinoid extract from the cannabis plant, reported that in experiments conducted on a cell model, the fungus extract eliminated 100% of pancreatic cancer cells relatively selectively and without damaging normal cells. Hmm. <coughs> 
so. Ain't that something? What happened? The fungus has been the subject of resource research, excuse me, to test its anti-cancer efficacy in Professor Juan Ferris laboratory at the University of IFA uh, for about eight years. IFA? I think I pronounced it wrong. It was selected as the preferred candidate for the development of a drug for pancreatic and colon cancer after showing better in anti-cancer results than a variety of other fungi tested. A few months earlier, Cannabitech received global and exclusive rights for the use of patents created in Ferris's research and began leading an accelerated process of developing a botanical drug as defined by the FDA. Oh, so the FDA is onto something good for fucking once. May. Okay, what's up with May? The DEA has blown it again. MMJ requests federal court action for emergency motion to expedite. Megan Sheehan at Sheehan and Sheehan Associates, attorneys representing MMJ International Holdings and MMJ Biopharma Cultivation et al., scheduled to execute uh, on clinical trials in Huntington's disease and multiple sclerosis, filed a motion in federal court against the Drug Enforcement Administration asking the federal court for an emergency motion for irreparable damages. The DEA gets involved. This motion will hopefully induce the DEA to respond promptly to MMJ's application to manufacture marijuana for research purposes, according to the DEA's self-mandated timeline. The attorneys will argue that the DEA has blown it again, stated CEO Dr. Elio Mariani, citing that the DEA is taking too long to issue a determination for its application for cultivation and research. And he's not wrong, but the DEA is kicking the fucking can down the road. You want to know why? Because they're fed, stupid. You a doctor and you should know that. You know they're dragging their feet. June. This happened in June. Why Bill Maher thinks Republicans are going to steal the issue of marijuana legalization from Democrats. You know what? It's not stealing anything. This could be something everybody can get behind. I mean, for the Republicans, it's, you know, the cost of the war on drugs. That's government spending. Hello? Body autonomy. My body, my choice, right? I mean, in a libertarian way. Excuse me. Hold up. Hmm. Excuse me, guys. Mm. Ah, good beer. All right. Real time with Bill Maher, host, discussed cannabis legalization with former Attorney General Eric Holder. Oh, can't stand that ugly. <clears throat> On the overtime segment during which he made a provocative prediction. Mara began with an audience-submitted question. Why isn't Biden pushing for federal legalization for marijuana? Holder replied, I think it's probably something we ought to do, given the fact that it is something that would have a great political benefit and also deals with the reality. You know people are using marijuana and it's being legalized across the states, of course. Mara lamented, 
Republicans are going to steal this issue, I think, eventually. I mean, someone like John Boehner works for a marijuana company now. I mean, it could be one of those freedom issues. And of course, Republican smokes lots of pot, pot too. Smokes lots of pot. <laughs> Let's go poke some smart. And in July, you know, there's Senators Booker, Warren Sanders, and others urge Brandon to use his power and act on cannabis legislation, which he's not going to fucking do. August. Elon. Oh, Elon. We got more Elon news. But Elon weighed in on the impact of different classes of psychoactive drugs. The Tesla CEO was reacting to a graphic shared by one of his Twitter followers, which showed the results of a study conducted by NASA on the effect of various psychoactive substances on spiders. The study evaluated the web pattern formed by spiders when fed marijuana, LSD, speed, and caffeine. The results of the study published in 1995 showed that the ones given caffeine and LSD produced the most bizarre and complete in incomplete patterns, especially on LSD. Shit, <laughs> that'll make anybody produce the most bizarre and incomplete patterns. I mean, the spider probably did some Charlotte's Web type shit and probably made the the inner mappings of someone's brain or some shit i don't know much chimed in with it in with his view that the effect produced by caffeine was the most concerning because that motherfucker was probably twacking the fuck out in september hey this marijuana stock has outperformed amazon google facebook and netflix all the fucking fang companies <laughs> No steady big fellow. Yay! Investors who believed in the potential of U.S. cannabis operator Terrasin some five years ago surely enjoyed that their solid gains in 2022, and they're on the market. Terrasin is vertically integrated operations in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Michigan, and California, in addition to licensed cultivation and processing activities in Maryland and licensed production in Canada. The company runs an award-winning chain of dispensary locations known as the Apothecarium, Apothecarium, as well as Gage and Cookies retail stores. Hmm. That's nice. October. Fetterman versus Oz, a medical professional, weighs in on Fetterman's, Fetterman's debate performance, and she's fuming. Huh? All right. Five months after Lieutenant Government Governor John Fetterman's stroke, which nearly killed him, PA's Democratic nominee for the U.S. Senate, the results of which will shift the balance in said Senate, went toe-to-toe with multimillionaire TV host Dr. Oz in their first and only debate. As predicted, they disagreed over just about everything, including hot button issues like abortion, the economy, cannabis, health care, crime, and a certain former Republican president who hovers over numerous midterm electoral campaigns. While all of the above was roundly discussed, analyzed, and picked over after the debate, most media reports led with commentary about Fetterman's halting speech, lingering effects from his stroke and Fetterman struggled to effectively communicate. Some even called Fetterman's auditory issues heartbreaking. Fetterman, by the way, addressed the issue right at the beginning. 
Let's talk about, let's also talk about the elephant in the room. I had a stroke, he said in his opening remarks. He'll never let me forget that. He was referring to various occasions when Oz mocked and goaded Fetterman for refusing to debate, which Fetterman said he'd do after he fully recovered his speech. What the fuck does that got to do with weed? Anyway, go to November. Snoop Dogg microwaves his blunts before smoking, and for good reason. Here's why. Snoop Dogg, our generation's king of all things weed, never ceases to surprise. His latest blunt-smoking modus operandi involves putting a fully rolled joint into the microwave for 11 seconds, which says, help to trap the ingredients. Why, you might be wondering? Let's look at the science, which Snoop obviously did. You may have heard the word decarboxylation. Decarboxylation? Oh, okay. Which in organic chemistry speak means the removal of one or more carboxyl groups, a combination of two functional groups attached to a single carbon atom, from a molecule. In weed speak, this refers to the process of heating up cannabis to a specific temperature to activate the compounds in it. While it may sound like something to be done in a chemistry lab, or at least with a special decarb machine, which exists, by the way, you can also decarb your cannabis at home with the appliances in your kitchen, like the simple microwave. You know, I've been doing that shit for the past 20 fucking 30 years. No, 20 years. I say 25, something like that. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Because I would roll up honey blunts, you know what I'm saying? I would roll up honey blunts, and I loved Optimos back then. Optimos are my favorite, because, especially the green ones, because I would take out, you know, the inner paper, which we had called the cancer paper, and we would just use the leaves. And we would put, I would put the leaves together with honey to make sure that they were, you know, nice and stuck together. Yes, it's a sticky process, I know. And then I would put that bad boy on, you know, after it's rolled, I'd put that on a plate. Hit it in the microwave for about 15 seconds, like 10 to 15 seconds. And then I would put it in the freezer for a good 15 minutes. I know, sounds like a lot of work. But when it comes out, it burns very evenly. And hell, it even tastes good too, so he's not wrong. That's right. In December, paralyzed dad with multiple sclerosis replaces 75 pills a day with cannabis and gets back on his feet. A healthy man wants a thousand things. A sick man only wants one, goes the popular and very true saying. Tony Patterson, 33, was admitted to the hospital for an eye quint operation. Excuse me. After undergoing an MRI scan in January 2011, he was diagnosed with MS. Like so many life scenarios, the horrible diagnosis came the day after he was hired for his dream job as a chef with Glen Eagle Hotel. What kind of luck is that, bro? That sounds like some shit that would happen to me and no one else. But hey, yeah, somebody's had it worse. To make things worse, his condition was rapidly progressing and forcing Patterson to use a cane to walk and then a wheelchair. He went back to his parents' home where they could take care of him, writes Nottingham Post. I couldn't work, and I was on so many tablets and struggled with brain fog, confusion, memory issues, mobility issues, my bowels and bladder, he said. 
When his daughter Zavanna was born in 2014, he regained power and again began a search for other solutions. Lo and behold, he came upon an NHS research project examining the effect of medical marijuana. So he enrolled in his other trial. <laughs> Patterson then ditched his own, his, his other medications, all 75 pills in favor of cannabis. After only 10 months, he was back on his feet and is now a regular cyclist. Together with his brother, Jordan, he owns and runs a removal company. Ain't that nice? That is a wonderful damn thing. End it the year on a good note. All right. Now I'm going to give you some more of this good old-fashioned booger-nose old MGTOW funk. But before I do, I'm going to jump into the comments and see what's really going on. Comments, where are you? Where you do? MGTOW, Maddie, what's happening? All right. And he says, also keeps the population high and peaceful. All right. And then he goes on to say, maybe the Vietnam stories are right. Maybe the Vietnam stories were right. You never know. All right. So I'm going to go on into this next story. Divorce lawyer reveals professions that could be, that should be red flags to women. And this is, uh, what is it? Oh, okay. So what I'll do is I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go back and and into the story and read it. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, top five professions women should avoid in a spouse. Well, how about top five professions men should avoid in a spouse? What the... F Man, motherfuck that. I'm not even going to read that shit. Let me go to the next one. Uh, ooh, this one should be a doozy. MSNBC, MSNPC... Martha Kay was appalled her kids refused COVID boosters before the holidays. MSNBC contributor Caddy Kay expressed shock on Thursday, this past Thursday, well, way back in December, <laughs> that her children are interested in further COVID-19 va uh, vaccinations. So let me see. Yeah, how... You know, I listen to that doctor and you hear how tough it is inside hospitals at the moment and the, and the fears of new variants mixed with flu that is coming on. And you would think that the country would respond by saying, OK, we will make sure we are all up to date on all of our vaccines. I want to make sure that you guys are up to date on your vaccines. And you know what? Maybe your kids were smart. And in fact, I know they were. They probably watched that Died Suddenly documentary. You know, I listen to that doctor and you hear how tough it is inside hospitals at the moment and the, and the fears of new variants mixed with flu that is coming. You know, you know I listen to that 
doctor and you hear how tough it is inside hospitals at the moment and the and the fears of new variants mixed with flu that is coming on and you would think that the country would respond by saying okay we will make sure we are all up to date on all of our vaccines but i had a strange conversation with my 22 year old my 16 year old last night and i said okay i booked you in for covid updates you're both back for the holidays you're going to get your boosters and both of them said no we don't want to we've had enough vaccines and we don't think we need them how can you i i was sort of shocked and appalled but is this the kind of response you're seeing from young people at the moment that they just they think this is over and they don't need any more vaccines yes uh but i do would say that you know we keep thinking vaccines are going to prevent getting covid they don't prevent getting right. covid what they prevent is serious illness hospitalization and death and young people think they don't even prevent that and at least now you fucks are admitting that the shit don't work And yeah, your children were smart, but here's the thing. They already took the jab, so I think it's kind of too late for them. Well, I hope it's not. You know what I'm saying? All right, so let me go to this next one. We're almost done, fellas. Home Depot co-founder says, socialism killed motivation to work. Nobody gives a damn. And you're not wrong. So let me read on. The 93-year-old billionaire co-founder of Home Depot blames socialism for Americans lacking the motivation to work and warn the future of capitalism is in danger. Well, he's not wrong. Bernie Marcus, who along with Arthur Blank built Home Depot into a nationwide empire from just two stores founded in Atlanta in the 1970s, told Financial Times on Thursday. Nobody works. Just give it to me. Send me money. I don't want to work. I'm too lazy. I'm too fat. I'm too stupid. Marcus said, nobody gives a damn. You're not wrong. The longtime Republican backer ticked down a list of people he blamed for standing in the way of private enterprise, including Brandon, the woke people, the news media, Harvard graduates, MBAs, lawyers, and accountants. And the Ganakrasai. Can't forget that. And then he goes to say, I'm worried about capitalism, said Marcus, whose net worth is estimated by Bloomberg at $5.25. Oh, $5.25 billion. Damn, that's a lot of moving money. Capitalism is the basis of Home Depot, and millions of people have earned this success and had success. You're not wrong. I'm talking manufacturers, vendors, and distributors, and people that work for us who have been able to enrich themselves by the journey of Home Depot, he added. That's a success. That is why capitalism works. Excuse me. Marcus, who is 93, blasted Brandon as the worst president in the history of this country. And you were not wrong. You're not fucking wrong. You're right about that, bro. So let me see here. Mm-hmm. It's one of these uh, Home Depot things. Let me see what's going on here. Home Depot changing up how it's going to pay some employees after several pay-related lawsuits. The company will adjust how it calculates the total number of hours worked by hourly employees. Uh, this stock is... Yeah, man. And 
If you are a company that's publicly trading and you have not raised your wages across the board to get ready for this inflation, you ain't doing it right, bruh. You are not doing it right. This inflation shit is not going to be over. Home Depot changing up how it's going to pay some employees after several pay-related lawsuits. The company will adjust how it calculates the total number of hours worked. Home Depot changing up how it's going to pay some employees after several pay-related lawsuits. Retailer currently rounding shift times to the nearest 15 minutes. That's a policy outlined in the Fair Labor Standards Act. Well, under this updated policy, Home Depot will instead round to the nearest minute that employees punch in and out. And multiple lawsuits over the past few years accusing Home Depot of purposely rounding down. So as a result, that would be paying employees less money. Can they do that? Can they do that? I mean, that's, isn't that breaking the law on the books? All right, let me get back to it. Well, he, the CEO, called Brandon the worst president in the history of this country and made no apologies for backing Republicans, including Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor who is being touted as a leading contender for the GOP nomination in 2024. I give money to them because I hope they're going to do the right thing, Marcus said of his contributions to the Republican candidates. He praised Trump for his policies, which he said were spot on, though he added it's going to be very interesting in 24 because I think DeSantis would challenge him and may the better man win, which is definitely going to happen. Marcus's vocal support for Trump prompted calls on social media to boycott Home Depot. What you going to do, go to Lowe's? Menards, what you, what you gonna do? Well, this story goes on to say, Marcus co-founded Home Depot along with Arthur Blank, and we know that. Marcus said he doesn't grasp the current trend of gearing business toward advancing political and social causes. And that's correct. Any attempt to woke him, as he put it, would fail. Good on you. The whole idea that a business is set up for social purposes doesn't make sense to me. That's correct, he told FT. Nonetheless, he said that Home Depot was one of the first companies that was socially conscious, citing its efforts to help communities rebuild after they were hit with natural disasters. Now that I understand. Unity would be your strength. Pow! Unity! <laughs> Marcus said he has no regrets about his life and the toll it has taken on him to devote many of his waking hours to building Home Depot. He said he has endured a heart attack, five bypass surgeries, and had an aortic valve replaced. Ugh. He compared himself to captains of industry, such as Jack Welch of General Electric and Sam Walton of Walmart. All of these people make sacrifices, Marcus said of chief executives. They sacrifice time with their families. They sacrifice time with the community. He added, they put their lives on the line into their businesses, but ultimately the result is something that's special and gives them a terrific return. Now there's some, you know, there's a modicum of truth into that. You know, I mean, over the years, I would have just ripped this guy a new one, but now I've gotten older. I, I realize where he's coming from. You know, he's, you know, the best social program in this country, a capitalist society, by the way, 
would be a job. Even better would be a career. Because then you're turning your life around. Or a trade. Oh, a trade is something else because you are the um, you are in the driver's seat. Or if you're an entrepreneur, you are in the driver's seat. You know, my hat's off to those fellows because risk is the one thing that they do deal with. And this is what a lot of us don't get. But some of these CEOs do be getting off with slaps on the wrist. Not very few are put into persona non grata. But in a country like this, you know, activism, revolutions, that's not going to change shit. It's usually up to the so-called captains of industry to make changes. Hell, Congress can't even make the changes fast enough. Only companies can these days, especially in a, in a country like ours. So there's that. And speaking of other countries, I'm going to go a little further into another here. Let me see. And this would be the world's coolest dictator. He rounded up 60,000 people in a supposed crackdown on MS-13. A shrimp farming community is fighting back. Hmm. Gang violence has made El Salvador one of the world's most violent places not at war. The crackdown by its Bitcoin president created a new layer of misery. On the morning that Walbert Rodriguez was arrested last May, he was just two minutes from his home. And um, Ciseguayo, Ciseguayo, if I think that's Ciseguayo, El, El Salvador. Okay. Well, Walbert and his wife, Stephanie, had worked the overnight shift at the shrimp cooperative and then taken their six-year-old daughter, Michelle, to visit a relative. Walbert was driving the family motorcycle and Stephanie and Michelle sat behind him. They were headed home. Walbert pulled over at, El, uh, at a gathering place in the town that's marked by a sturdy tree with an abundant canopy. Soon, Walbert's sister, mother, and father had arrived trying to reason with the officer who knew them by name. They didn't understand why Walbert was being handcuffed. Uh, this town was a place that saw police and soldiers as allies back in 2015 when the MS-13 gang descended on the hamlet looking to recruit local teenagers. The cops had come down hard, even murdering some of the gang members, and Walbert and his neighbors had raised money to build a new police station. Now, backup was arriving for the officer. Two Navy soldiers showed up, including one that had been with Walbert just the night before watching a soccer game and informed the others that Walbert was a working man. A patrol vehicle full of additional cops followed. No one named anything that Walbert had done wrong. Yet the family's pleas didn't work. Look, said the officer who led Walbert off, flipping his wrist to the sky. This comes from above. Within days of Walbert's arrest, the Rodriguez's learned that he was being accused of belonging to MS-13. Okay, okay. All right. Scenes like this have been playing out across El Salvador since March when President Nayib Bukele, uh, I cannot pronounce that, when the president declared a state of exception and suspended certain constitutional rights ostensibly to deal with MS-13 and two offshoots of the rival Barrio 18 gang, Barrio 18 Sorenos and Barrio 18 Revolutionarios, 
all of which have terrorized El Salvador and made it one of the world's most violent places not at war. And they're looking at, uh, I don't know. The declaration was meant to be temporary, lasting 30 days, but uh, uh, the president's administration has renewed it nine times. More than 60,000 people, work, mostly working-age men, have been arrested, while signs along roadways feature cinematic images of heavily armed police ridding the country of terrorists. Just as the commercial fishermen trawl their way through columns of water to maximize their catch, Salvadoran authorities have rounded people up indiscriminately with, its, with flimsy explanations. The world's coolest dictator. Even before authorities crushed in tens of thousands in the span of mere weeks, El Salvador's prisons were overcrowded and disease-ridden. It now tops the list of countries with the highest percentage of their populations behind bars, according to the World Prison Brief, a distinction that has been previously held by, guess who? Us! <laughs> We're getting beat at everything. Even El Salvador is beating us in the prison population. What the? F <gasps> the supposed targets, MS-13 and Barrio 18, began in L.A. in the late 20th century and arrived in El Salvador by way of gang members deported from the U.S. In 2018, then-President Donald Trump referenced MS-13 to say the U.S. had allowed animals to cross into the country and to justify draconian immigration policies. In El Salvador, the gangs have become one of the country's biggest employers, and they have cemented their power through backroom deals with elected leaders. That appears to have continued under the current president, a former executive at a family public relations firm who was elected president in 2019 and has fashioned himself in his ever-changing Twitter bio as the world's coolest dictator. Outside El Salvador, the president is best known for adopting Bitcoin as a national currency. Oh, shit. Shit gets real out there in El Salvador, man. Last year, the U.S. Treasury sanctioned two senior officials from the president's administration, El Salvador's president, for cutting a deal with gangs in exchange for support in the 2021 midterm elections, which saw the president's New Ideas Party win a supermajority committing fewer homicides. What preceded the state of exception was a horrific weekend in which the gangs killed nearly 90 people. It, too, was allegedly a product of that deal. Salvadoran journalists at the investigative news outlet El Faro reported that the rampage was MS-13's retribution for a breakdown in the agreement. The cooperation doesn't end there. Earlier this year, when the U.S. Federal Court of the Eastern District of New York requested that the extradition of MS-13's leadership to stand trial on terrorism charges. The, uh, the El Salvador's president's allied judges blocked some of the extraditions. The administration then released one of the wanted gang lenders from prison, and a senior official helped him flee to Guatemala. The administration denies all this, that president's administration. And so far, things appear to be going his way. Tough on crime stances have historically been as popular in El Salvador as in the United States. And as here in the United States, the public is primed to believe that anyone targeted by, targeted by police is guilty until proven innocent, which is not wrong in a way. 
A Gallup poll released in October recorded uh, that uh, El Salvador's president's approval, public approval, is at 86%. The word on the street, according to family members gathered at prisons for news of loved ones, is that while local gang cliques have gone quiet, they're still out there hiding in full knowledge of the police whose focus is elsewhere. According to the Passionist Socialist Service, excuse me, the Passionist Social Services, might as well say it's socialist, nearly 40% of the murders in El Salvador since the beginning of the state of exception has been committed by police. So 40% of the murders have been committed by police. Okay. Meanwhile, the administration has steadily eroded public access to information about who they are taking and why. Uh, the news outlet there obtained documents involving 690 arrests between March and April and found that overwhelmingly the police are using criteria like looking suspicious or acting nervous to justify arrests. The president, however, for his part, has breezily mentioned a margin of 1% error. This time they're not coming out, he tweeted about the state of exception detainees in mid-April. The administration is building a new prison that says that he says will house 40,000 terrorists who would be cut off from the outside world. So he pretty much um, takes the MS-13 deal. The, the, the MS-13 is not being just gang members, but terrorists, too. Hmm. Well, kind of reminds me of that. Uh, President in the Philippines, uh, Duarte, Duarte, I think is what his name. And he was this uh, tough on crime. All right. Now, we come to our last one here. And, um, in, you know, our second hour is, uh, is, is past. Oh, happy Friday to the 13th, by the way. And here in a minute, I'm going to get you all out to uh, things that make you go damn here in about a minute. So right now, as we speak, we are making that shit public. I have released it. Don't go away yet. I got one more story. And there you go. So right now, I'm going ahead and I'm going to go ahead and just get that shit done here. Keep that there. And then go back here and make sure that all our uh, things that make you go damn videos have been released. So we are now doing it. They are on BitChute, MGTOW.TV, as well as Odyssey. They have now all been released. If you want to get out there, get out there. You can catch this last part in the playback. It's all good. I'm used to it. And like I often say, I love all two of y'all. Passage from John B Boner time, Boner time, Boner time. John Boehner's memoir comes back to haunt Kevin McCarthy because this was the guy that was the leader, the Republican leader before him. Actually, it went, okay, today it's McCarthy. A while back, it was Eric Kanner. Before that, it was some Eddie Monster-looking motherfucker from Wisconsin. A Paul and Ryan. A Paul, Ryan. Paul Ryan. There you go. Paul Ryan. 
And now there's my man's boner time. Boner time. Boner time. Boner time. Boner time. Okay. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy on Tuesday lost a lot of votes in his bid to become House Speaker, but he already is. And his ability to to successfully lead the GOP caucus is now in serious doubt. This is not, of course, the first time the rebellious Republicans have tossed one of their leaders overboard. As a party ousted former Representative John Boehner as House Speaker in 2015. Writing on Twitter, political reporter Heidi, uh, I don't know how that last name is pronounced, highlighted a passage from his memoir, which was published in 2021, where he said he shed some light on what animates the hardline caucus of the contemporary Republican Party. What they're really interested in is chaos wrote Boehner. They want to throw sand in the gears of hated federal government until it fails, and they finally prove that it's beyond saving. He's not wrong. Boehner also highlighted the role that Fox News and other right-wing media played in this role by essentially rewarding Republicans who work to sabotage any effort at governance. Every time they vote down a bill, they get another invitation to go on Fox News or talk radio, he explained. It's a narcissistic and dangerous feedback loop. Wait a minute. Didn't you used to do that shit, dude? (laughs) Okay, boner time. Whatever. Keep going. Currently serving Representative Dan Crenshaw made a similar observation on Fox News Tuesday morning where he accused Republican rebels of being shameless publicity hounds who are only seeking attention. You know what? The uh, Matt Gates and uh, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Laura, uh, 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 the Boberts, you know, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Laura Bobert, I think it is. Lori Bobert. Yeah. Bobert, Crenshaw. Well, not Crenshaw. Crenshaw is now being seen as a rhino. You know what I'm saying? And um, these ones that were rebelling against uh, fucking, what's the name? McCarthy (laughs) for me and the speaker, you know, that's pretty much the Republican squad. That's the Republican squad, you know, just like just like uh, AOC and Ayanna Presley and uh, 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 Rajiv Talib. And, and and what's that one chick name that, that married her brother? Elon Omar, there you go. You know, that's basically the Republican squad. Green, Gates, uh, Bobert, and um, who else? That, uh, I don't know, that, 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 that uh, Byron Donalds? You know what? That would be some shit if they made him the fucking speaker. That would be kind of cool. I think y'all should give that shit a try. I don't know why y'all went with this Republican uh, congressman from from California on the fucking list. Are you serious? Well, it, it doesn't matter where he's from. I mean, so long as he gets the job done. Shut the fuck up. Mm, no. <laughs> yeah. So there, there you go. There was my articles, my man. Um, I did uh put out the, some of them things, bruh. You know what I'm saying? Some of them things. Some of the things that make you go. Damn. Damn.
right, Psyche Soap. And I'm going to go ahead and give y'all the link to the doggone thing. So you know where the fuck it is, bruh. So you know what this is. This just got released today. It's hot off the presses. And it's the most egregious horror. The most egregious horror that you ever seen. I mean, it, it's the shit that you've never seen before. If I were to play you a snippet of it, I would get canceled right off the bat, bro. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'd be gone at this motherfucker. So there goes the uh there goes the one on on my alt that there's there's uh what's that bitch shoot? This one is on Odyssey. If you prefer to go to Odyssey to see it, this shit is crazy. I probably shouldn't even show you this, bro. I probably should have never shown you this shit. This shit has got the worst. I mean, in the 40th episode, oh man, yeah, yeah. The the horror is at as high as I can possibly fucking put it. So yeah, I'm I'm showing you what's up. It's it's all over. And I'm gonna put up the uh if you prefer it to be on MGTOW.tv, I'll put that up there as well. So yeah, get on over there. And uh, peruse if you'd like at the worst, and I mean the most utmost gut-wrenching, lo lunch-losing, vomit-inducing episode I've ever made. Damn. Damn. I make you say more than damn. It might make you say what the f You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, for those that do came, that, you know, came through, you know, a big shout to to all of those that did, you know, from Maddie to New to SCE, Saving Nation. Bob was up in here, you know. Big shout to my man's chat. Big shout to, uh, you know, all others that have helped out Psyche Soap along the way, whether it's my man's True Sherm or um, Hidden, the Hidden MGTOW. He might be doing this thing tonight. I don't know. I really hope he does. It was good that he did that intro for me. I got a new in the bucket intro if you haven't seen it. You can rewind this thing and it'll show up. You know, it's that good shit. But yeah, man, he did a damn good job on my intro. It's pretty nice. I'm going to put up some, another one too that has the graphics in there. And I'll just make it kind of like an outro for this one. I'm going to use it in another one. And um, another big shout to my man's hammer hand, most certainly. Yeah, that's Ghost Nation. Ghost Nation. Live by it. Drive by it. Ghost Nation. And uh, a big up to Hammerhand, right? Okay. Uh, a big up to Angry Man. I saw that debate with him and Destiny. Destiny, bruh, he got whooped in his own game. Because Destiny and him was trying that. They tried that same shit with TFM. And it, it didn't work out too good for the homie. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. AM whooped him at his own game even though a lot of it you know it gotten out of the debate you know realm and gotten into a discussion of some sorts damn near a, a heated argument at times but it is what it is all right what's up what else is out here yeah so yeah i was, I was just doing it um i'm gonna go ahead and make my move but i'm not without putting up all of my uh 
links up for the new latest and extra, extra explicit things that make you go. My psyche, so and I'm uh, I'm gonna hop on up out of here and um, I will be doing something next week. Be on the lookout, be on the most certain look, be on the lookout for the for the new ruminations, baby. The new ruminations is coming up. And so I, you know, we got a topic, and this is for these hit and run trolls that that want to talk shit about the soap. They keep fucking around with me, and they're gonna turn me into a damn beer. I mean, not a beer. I mean, I got a beer right here in my hand. I guess my beer is thinking about me, makes me want to drink it. But uh, they're gonna keep fucking with me and gonna turn me into my bitter old self and just mess with your life and just talk about some shit, and just just threaten you and 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 shit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So yeah, there's that, and um, uh, yeah, I, I'll leave you with some weird ass shit though before we get out of here. Check this shit out. This was going on in in London because London is celebrating its 160th anniversary of the of their subway, the London Underground. Look at that booty. Trousers off night. Trousers off. Yeah. Crazy, isn't it, huh? <laughs> All right, fellas. Yeah, my words are getting low. It's time to go. Peace. <laughs>